Hi, welcome to What's Your Deal? I'm your host, Ariana Lenarski. This is the podcast where we read tarot for special guests to find out where they've been and where they're going. Today with us, we have Justin Halpern. Hi. Hi, Justin. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Steve Jail himself. <laughs> Steve Jail, yeah. Uh, I need to stop uh, making fake internet. Well, people got pretty upset. I thought it was a Who pretty- Who got upset? I had people yelling at me. On in on Twitter because you tricked them. Yeah, I wasn't trying to trick anybody. I thought it was a pretty obvious joke. It was pretty obvious. Yeah, I thought. Well, actually, to be honest, I read it a couple times, just in case the sensation is over by the time someone listens. <laughs> no one to will this. Uh, you basically like inserted a fake paragraph into a New York Times article, that which I've done was? before. I did, did once before. with Paul with Ryan, Paul Ryan, and s- saying that when he lost the. Uh, the repeal of the ACA that he got in his car and listened to Papa Roach's last resort. <laughs> Which many, many people believed to be true. Yeah, that right? had like 20,000 retweets. Yeah. That one. And Papa Roach responded. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it became kind of like a meme where Papa yeah. Roach will now respond to Paul Ryan. <laughs> Do you ever wonder about, because I feel like I've had stuff like that happen before where something you do causes like a shift that couldn't have really had like Papa Roach would never like talk to Paul Ryan unless you had <laughs> inserted that. yourself that way. Yeah. Uh, do you find that to be, <laughs> do you find yourself a source of evil or a source of good for those kinds of things? Do you, are you like, wow, I made the world a better place. Or are you like, I should get off the internet. Uh, I think it's both. <laughs> it's both. Like sometimes I'm like, uh, of like, oh, yeah, this is fun. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, whatever has spiraled from it is really gross. Right. And I wish that I hadn't had any sort of responsibility in that. Right. I mean, yeah, that's that's this is not all you do. You're no, also a no, writer. I'm, I'm not like some <laughs> Internet provocateur. Uh, no, that's that's although my career started on the Internet. That's but, true. But but no, I, that, that this is not my job. <laughs> does not pay my bills. I was sitting in my kids' room waiting for them to go to sleep because they were having a hard time sleeping, and that's when I oh. was like, I'll fuck around on the internet. Oh, you were like sitting in a rocking chair trying to watch yeah. your kids sleep? I was doing exactly that. Well, I am yeah. a psychic. <clears throat> um, but you're also a writer, and you have a show coming out this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An animated show I called have, Harley Quinn. Yeah, it's a, like a adult kind of TVMA animated show. Um with, I wonder if any of the people who are voices on it have done this podcast. Oh, um, maybe. Ron Funches? No. Um, James Domian? Uh, no. Tony Hale? No. Um, Lake Bell? No. Um, <laughs> are you big timing me right now? No. This, this, I, I just, I, you get a lot of like fun <laughs> comedy people on your podcast. I was like, maybe one of them has done the podcast. My face is bright red. <laughs> and I'm let me keep owning my you t- with names. <laughs> uh, so you've never had a tarot reading before, right? No, but I have you I, ever been interested? Oh, yeah, I have been, been interested. So I, the one story I was going to tell you was that before my wife met me, she was sort of dating. She had a boyfriend, a long-term boyfriend she'd had, but they were off and on. And at the moment, they had been off. And then there was another guy that she was kind of into and they, and it was like she felt like her big life decision was going to be this 
long-term guy or this other guy that she'd also like kind of been off and on with for a while and she went to go see a forecaster i don't know i don't know the term is that different than i know it's different than tarot but is it like it's interesting that you say forecaster <laughs> that's what this woman called she called herself, herself a forecaster? forecaster cool um, that's cool <laughs> a celestial forecaster is that i don't know if it? she used celestial um maybe I don't know. I mean, I like someone calling themselves a forecaster, so I assume she probably used like astrology and palm reading and tarot and bunches. I bet she just used a bunch of different tools. Yeah, that would be. My I guess. think she's somewhat famous in oh. Berkeley, um, oh. where my wife is from. And so, anyway, my wife was like, "Which one of these two guys?" And the forecaster said, "She took some time and then was like, it's not going to be one of these Whoa. two guys, but it'll be someone.'" very soon and my wife was like that's impossible because like this just doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. in the context of what her life was at that moment and sure enough like maybe like a week after that um my wife and i like met, met? And, yeah whoa did you meet in a like a meet cute or was it sort of like no uh she it was funny because she was like best friends with my roommate. Mm -hmm. And so I had met her a few times when she had, I lived in LA, she lived in San Francisco. And so she would fly down to see her friend. But we had met a few times, but nothing, it was there was nothing romantic. And then just one, for whatever reason, we just like really hit it off wow. this one weekend. And then. How soon into the relationship did she tell you that it had been faded? And that you had no I think a while because no I but I don't, to fall in love. I definitely don't come off as some like my dad uh was a medical researcher mm -hmm. and my mom was an ACLU attorney. Mm -hmm. Um I don't like scream forecaster <laughs> right, person right, right. who like um so I think that she was hesitant to say that. Um but probably like a year in she told me that. Wow. Um but I'm actually very, very open to all of that stuff. Uh -huh. But I think she was worried maybe that I wasn't and that right. I would get free. I mean, I bet if like the first week we were dating, she said that I would have been like, that's weird. <laughs> like maybe, maybe we pumped the brakes right, on right. this. No, um, but she she was sort of rational, took her time yeah. to see if it would pan out yeah. for reals anyway. Exactly. And my okay. wife is, is you know, she's like a PhD and a, a therapist and, and uh, you know, uh, but also is very open to that side of things as well. And I feel like you're someone who's had <laughs> a lot of strange experiences in your life anyway. Don't you feel yeah. as though you have a lot of coincidences and like random, just yeah. right place, wrong time? <laughs> Both. Right place I think right, right place, time. right time and right place, wrong time, certainly. Mm -hmm. And my, my dad actually, um, he has, he, he has kept kind of like a, track in his life of all of the moments where he's been at the wrong place at the right time or the right place Whoa. at the wrong time. What do you mean? Like in a diary or something? No, just like he takes a mental note and he's been mm -hmm. in at like these crazy moments in history. My dad was mm -hmm. on the this boat that started the Vietnam War. My dad like... Wait, okay. Just to back... I mean like I'm sure people listening to this know this. Your dad also was like that was your first like foray into internet fame. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so, so my dad, shit my dad is, I did shit my dad says, yeah. and that was when I was living with my dad. Right. Um, so and, this is maybe, so, okay, so he was on the boat. So he that, signed up to be, he could see in 1963 that he was, he was a poor farmer in Kentucky, um, but who had like scraped by and, and gotten himself into medical school 
and and like graduated and but he saw that a draft was coming so he wanted to make sure he could go into one of the branches of the military that wouldn't put him in combat <laughs> so he signed up he didn't wait to get drafted he signed up to be in the navy and they sent him out on this boat to the Tonkin Gulf off the coast of Vietnam which didn't make any sense to anyone he himself included. He nobody knew why they were in the Tonkin Gulf. It didn't make any sense, and so he's sitting there in the Tonkin Gulf. And, and every night, for some reason, that he was on a destroyer, they were just firing at the shore, and he didn't know why. Uh, and so they one morning they're like sitting having breakfast, him and the other officers, because he graduated college. So you're an officer if you graduate college, and, and they're all like, "Why are we out here?" And then one of the older officers said. They're trying to start a war wow. with the Vietnamese, and we need to be blown up for that start. The oh guy just said that. my God. And then they were attacked a couple days after that and almost blown up. And and so my dad has found himself in, in like sort of like weird, famous wow. moments in history and you know, like a Forrest Gumpian sort of like way. Is that the most life-threatening, high-stakes situation? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe my dad also, like, missed a flight that crashed I, potentially I once. I hate that kind of shit. Um, I can't, if that ever, I, I hate that stuff. I know. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but he's very much does not fear death whatsoever. So mm-hmm. to him, I think, because I was like, how did you react when they said you were all going to die there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, well, that was it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not how I would react. <laughs> I'd jump off the boat and start <laughs> trying to swim somewhere. Um, Do but, you think he's just putting on a brave face? Do you think he's actually afraid of death? No, because you... one time, this was maybe like <laughs> five years ago, I was taking a walk with him. We were like walking my dog, and he casually mentioned that five years prior to that, he was like, we were talking about something else, and he was like, oh, yeah, that was right when I was a, I was going to die. And I was like, and then he kept talking about something else. And I was like, can we go back to when you said you were going to die? And he was like, oh, yeah, I had this degenerative lung condition. And they said I had six months to live. And three of the months went by. And then the doctor said, hey, we have this, like, uh, experimental drug that just got okayed. Do you want to try it? And my dad was like, sure. And they tried it, and it and it completely stopped the degeneration wow. of his lungs. And he lived and was fine. Uh but he wasn't, and I was like, "Were you gonna tell me?" <laughs> and he was like, "No." How wait? How old were you at the time? Like you been? thirty. Oh my god! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Were you gonna tell me?" And he was like, "No, I was just gonna die." And then I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, well," yeah, yeah. because to him, it's not a huge deal to die. He's very like <sighs> science background, and he's just like, "That's what happens. You live, and then you die." <sighs> I guess so. Okay. But but what about the relationships that you have with the people in your life? Well, that's what I said. Right, <laughs> I was right. like, I would like a chance to say goodbye. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I definitely would have told you a couple days before it happened to okay. come and say goodbye. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't process things the same way that you process things. <laughs> so I would need time to process that. Like, you know, at the time I didn't have kids yet, right. but I still would want it to like, you know, this is my father. Um and he was like, yeah, but if you let things go too long, you have too much time to process. And I was like, well, don't tell me how to process things. Uh, so I don't know. He, he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't seem very thrown by it. Interesting. 
I feel like I only recently was like, okay, I'm not afraid of death, but like not the not because not in a pragmatic way. Like I feel like that's not. I feel like mine is more woo, more woo woo. I'm like, life's an illusion anyway. Like, oh. I'm more on that end of things. I than always... like... No, go ahead. No, no, I, I... I guess, actually, weirdly, you know how, like, if you go far... What is it? Left enough, you circle around and become right again? Is that... Yeah, right? that's a thing. That's It sort of feels similarly where mm. I'm like, when people who are super materialist materialism driven and are like kind of like your dad and they're like we just live and die and that's it and I feel like similarly like I feel like I arrived at that conclusion in a totally different with a totally different angle like by getting high and sitting in my bathtub for like <laughs> two hours <laughs> I mean that's uh, a way to do it um yeah I have a similar feeling of like oh yeah it won't it's not gonna this is all trans this won't matter this is all transitory and it'll be fine yeah i was terrified of dying for a really long time mostly because i remember when i was like six i asked my dad what happens when you die and he was like it's infinite darkness oh my god and i was like what an insane thing to say <laughs> that's what he, he said he doesn't even know <laughs> i know well and then i ran i started bawling cuz he explained i was like well what's infinite mean he explained he's like it's just nothingness forever it's, you can't even think how long it would be cuz it's infinite which is just a terrifying he was trying to he was trying to rile up his child he didn't I, well, I went then i went i went when it stormed into my mom's room and i was like dad said that she was like he doesn't know what's going to happen when you die and then she said <laughs> oh, to him she was like sam tell him you don't know what happens when you die and he's like i do that's what's going to oh happen it's infinite darkness so anyway i was terrified of dying because of that moment for a really really long time and what got me over my fear of dying oddly is having kids mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, well, I would die for my kids. Aww. So because I and that made me feel OK about dying because I was uh -huh. like, I definitely want to die before my kids. I never would want to see one of my kids right. die. I would definitely want to die before. Yeah. So then I was like, I'll be I was OK with dying because I just didn't want to see my kids die. That's so interesting. Um, wow. I can't even conceptualize of that, really. Um. <laughs> Sorry to talk about child death on the podcast. <laughs> It's not the first time. No, it is. That's uh, funny because, like, I would tell, I would say to your dad that it would be infinite light, not infinite darkness. That's where we differ. That's the one. That's the <laughs> that's one place the one where place we differ. That's the one place you and my dad are very different. <laughs> it's light, um, Sam. Yeah, he <laughs> not darkness. But to him, it's darkness. <laughs> he he yeah yeah. That's uh, I mean, but the, for so such funny. a long time. That it also made me have like a lot of insomnia and sleeping problems mm. because I was like, well, what if I go to sleep and I just don't ever wake up? Wow. And so I've, since then I had been like, I always. Oh, like, that's so early to. Yeah, my mom was pretty choked about, about, <laughs> him, about him saying that to me when I was six. I just love, I do love the idea of a family conversation of your mom going like, Sam, tell your child you don't know what happens when death, when death comes. Like that's such a funny thing to yell at your husband about. <laughs> Yeah, it was always a lot of that. He's very like scientific and pragmatic, and right. and which is not uh, as a parent now. I can tell you is is not a like good way to interact <laughs> with your kids. Like science has a place with children, but it's also like these like large concepts 
can't just be like dumped onto their lap and then they have to pick through it. Yeah. Also, they seem to, I've found with kids, like, they really don't care that much. Like, they're, I mean, maybe you've had a different experience, but every time a kid has asked me a really difficult question, I I will pause and, like, wonder how to answer, and they no longer care, like, by the time I've answered. They're not, like, they're not thinking moved on. about it. Yeah. 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 Like, every time my, my, well, one of my favorite moments is, like, so, like, we think of like dreams as these like very like intense things where we're working out all these like, you know, insane problems and, and, and these emotions that we haven't dealt with. Right. And so my kid, he was having like these nightmares and my wife and I were like s- distraught. It's like, oh, my God, what's he dreaming about? What trauma is he trying to process? And then one time he was having a nightmare and I could hear on the monitor him <laughs> going, I don't want to put on a jacket. I'll never put on a jacket. And I realized, oh, when you're five, that's the worst thing that happens to you is your mom makes you, your dad makes you put on a jacket before you go outside. Like he's not processing a deep trauma. It's just that like you that. somehow both missed. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, he's not like somebody, you know, somebody didn't like try to, like, he was not like evading a predator. It was like, right. just like we made him wear a jacket. Right. Um, has your insomnia gotten better? Yeah, I had really, uh, about three years ago, I had a work situation where um, I was kind of like, uh, because of where I was, I was forced to take this job that I didn't want to take. And um, and I also had a kid right at that time, my second child. And uh, my life was feeling very out of my own control. And I had a period of about four days where I slept like maybe four hours total. Um, and not like an hour a night, like... 20 minutes here to yeah, end. Yeah. I came home at the end of that fourth day and I walked in to my house and my wife looked at me and was like, what's, what's, oh my God, what's wrong? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked in the mirror and I was sobbing. Like, what? just wow. like sobbing. Like you, if you saw somebody who, who watched like their whole family get blown up, like I, like I was like tears just like streaming down my face, sobbing. And I didn't even know it was oh happening. God. And uh, I was like, I think I need to get some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my wife does a lot of like sleep training with her, I mean, with like her clients and stuff. And and uh, I um, I went through this process called like cognitive behavioral therapy, like sleep training thing. And um, it kind of like helped me get my sleep back. Um, and it's like, it's a whole thing about like prescribing yourself a bedtime and not going to bed too early and compressing your sleep and, and all these things. Um, and I was able to kind of like beat it, but it took like a year and I would still have these nights where, and, and it would all stem from this feeling of like, when you close your eyes to go to sleep, you're like letting your body take control. Yeah. And my mind was like, you know, I don't have control of anything else in my life, but I'm going to have control of this. I'm not going to let you just like go to sleep. Deep. On so many levels. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to read the tarot of Justin Halpern. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Welcome back. We're about to read the tarot of Justin Halpern. Justin, I want you to shuffle these cards. Oh, right. And can I ask you, you is do, this is this like a special deck that you like hunted to pick out, or was Cody it like... gave me that deck? Oh, really? Cody, who we are in a basketball group chat with, a friend of ours, a comedian, gave me this deck. Okay, deck shuffle it again. Um, okay. Actually, while you're sh- go ahead and pick them up, and as you do, and you can like touch them or whatever you want, talk about anything that you would like guidance about. Um. I would definitely like guidance about, uh, like parenthood. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, there's some certain there's some things that I uh, I have two kids, um, and I love them both dearly. Um, I connect a little better to one of them than I do to the other, uh, just just for no other reason than I just it's just a human connection is is a little easier with one of them he i feel like maybe he's a little i understand him a little better um and that's troubling to me as a parent like i want to be able to have like an easy connection with both of them um and it doesn't affect the way that i parent them at all Mm -hmm. but it's just and they're both pretty young they're both young one's one's six and a half one's three and a half Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm guessing you connect better with the six-year-old no oh no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't. That's so funny. That's cute. Yeah, I connect much easier with the, the three and a half year old. Okay. Um, but it's uh, because he's a Pisces and you have a Scorpio moon. I already know that. Oh, that's is that. <laughs> that's really why. No, I mean it is kind of, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, then I just think you know, like just in terms of my uh, career, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I I potentially have kind of an a. Uh, I could ch- have alter my career quite a bit at the end of uh in by next june i'm on like a contract i've been on for a very long time and it's up in june and i may stay but i may go and i don't know I'm, I'm, uh, it's it's the business is changing so much mm-hmm. that we work in um but i care less about that stuff <laughs> okay well we'll see if it comes up big questions <laughs> so with your left hand i want you to cut the deck into three separate piles and also with your left hand put them back together in any order that you choose I'm going to say a brief prayer over these cards. Okay, give you a Celtic cross. There's the kids. They're in the middle. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, what's coming up first? Wow. Okay. <clears throat> At the heart of the matter is the Page of Swords. To me, these are your kids. Pages always represent young energy, um, and that's like usually energy that has like no baggage whatsoever. Mm. It really is children. Yeah. Um, swords represents the mind, and tarot has this sort of like uh, biased view towards swords, where it's like if you have too many swords on your mind, it's a problem. Like you're, if you have too much mental force, mm-hmm. that's going to cause anxiety. It's just something that tarot like obviously is biased towards. Um, so swords, pages always come to deliver a message and swords deliver challenges usually. Like most of the time when you see a page of swords, you're like, Ugh, I wish I didn't have to exactly have this challenge in particular because it so often is about ethics and it's about um, making sure that you have fortitude through a time in your life and you're dealing with a, a child or youthful energy that requires you to be really like 
ethical essentially and like be honest and tell mm-hmm. the truth and that sort of thing um three of swords crossed over it i would assume <laughs> i mean i just think it for some reason the idea i mean i guess this is maybe to maybe typical for most fathers but it almost seems like the idea of somehow imparting like a negative story in your children kill that kills you the idea of that kills you yeah it would be so awful for you if your children told themselves a story about you or the relationship that wasn't true that would like yeah kill you and that for some reason it's all mental there's like all of the worries that you have it's not like about how they feel or their creative force or material force it's much more about mental stuff it's like worrying about their literal mental health which is like really interesting that that's where it's all taking place sort of do you know what i mean yeah i mean that is what i like spend so much time thinking about when you have kids it's like are they being treated kindly at school is anybody like you know you you when they're little babies you worry just about like are they alive Alive. (laughs) but then once you realize they're going to be alive it's it's definitely yeah i think about that stuff a lot yeah um the three of swords is um the moment of pain usually it's like there are some other sort there are some other cards in the deck that are more like uh the insomnia card like like anxiety where you stay awake all night this is actually more just the moment of um feeling bad or feeling lost or feeling lonely or feeling betrayed in some way so it's just um speaks to how painful the idea of them telling a negative story to themselves about themselves is to you, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's you know? definitely a, a very visceral looking card. It's very Three visceral. Three swords yeah. going through a heart. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the heart is kind of placid. It's not like leaking blood or anything. There is a storm raging it's behind also it. It's raining. Yeah. Storm. The weather's not great. You know what this really is? What the mantra of this card really is? It says swords again indicates mind the voice, the truth. It's about clarity of purpose. And it kind of says the truth hurts. This is the first card that comes up that's like, sometimes clarity can really be painful. And that's um, something that you may be aware of as you're raising the kids is like, the truth is not always something that makes you feel that great. Or like sometimes truth without compassion is not the truth at all. And I don't know, kind of stuff like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, it does like... As I said before, like when it's harder for like when my uh, I think part of the reason why I have a little trouble connecting with with my six year old is because uh, when he was born, like literally right when he was born, um, I got a TV show on the air, which was great. Um, But I was gone for the first year of his life. Basically, Mm -hmm. like I never, ever saw him Mm -hmm. like uh, just at nights. He was already asleep when I came home and I worked a lot of weekends and uh and i think that that like facing that truth mm-hmm. constantly for mm-hmm. me when i think about like w- like why it's a little bit more difficult for us mm-hmm. to connect i'm like is that why because i was like cuz then after that <coughs> i i coincidentally also was running a show when my uh 3-year-old was born but i feeling what i felt earlier with my first kid i was like Gotta We're going home every day at five. I don't give. <laughs> right, I don't right, right. give a shit. Like I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what this show ends up like. I just know I don't want. I'm never gonna regret spending more time with my kids. Mm-hmm. 
That makes I mean that makes sense to me in context of the spread of just like being insanely hard on yourself also. Although it's really weird because this often is the pain of birth too, which is really weird. The three of swords indicates that. It's interesting. Anyway, I see an answer here to your plight. Oh. Um, got a lot of major arcana here as well. In the past position, the world, this is a positive card. This is shows that you're, the foundation of where you're coming from is every, is that you've found synthesis in your life. Like it's possible for you to make big choices because you have a great foundation to do so, if that makes sense. There's, there's a lot in your life that makes you feel as though you're not alone and that you're a part of a big community and have on some level found a purpose, if not the exact purpose. You've found your purpose yeah. at this point in your oh, life. Definitely. You know what I mean? Um, it's the card of really understanding the whole and being able. It's basically actually the last card in the whole deck. So it shows al almost like. It's like the end of a journey kind yes, of thing. Yes, it literally is the end of the fool's journey. Yes. Um, which is basically like it's after you, you start the journey as a fool and you walk off the cliff and you say, what could go wrong? And you kind of go on this long, long journey. And then you come to the end of the journey with the world where you found wisdom, basically, and are like, you know, there's separation is kind of an illusion. And I have found unity within the disparate parts of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, that's a great place to be coming from. <laughs> uh, there... <laughs> You have in the conscious position, conscious position, justice in the unconscious position, judgment, um, both really intense uh, cards. So justice in the conscious position shows that you're well aware that actions have consequences. This like kind of goes along with being a father and also like making major decisions about your career. It's also what I was named after. Were you? Yeah, because um, my Whoa. mom, uh, that justice is like a big deal, a, a big deal for her. Mm -hmm. um, and she considered naming me justice, but then Whoa. was like, uh, <laughs> was like that's a little too intense. Sitting here before me today. Um, uh, no, I'd probably be uh, sitting on the Supreme Court. Oh yeah, or just a total washout. So like, I feel like it's one of those names where you give your kid like what, like a really aspirational name, and they're yeah. like, "Well, I'm never gonna live up to that." So right. I'm gonna just like go smoke weed and play Counter Strike. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, but then she changed it to Justin because in the last minute. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I am gonna start calling you that now all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Um. So you've might. So maybe even, I mean, this isn't the conscious position, but you may kind of consciously connect with the idea of justice anyway. Obviously, it's been like a part of your life, your entire life. Like if you've had been hearing that story your entire life, then there's something you I consciously identify with, like <laughs> doing, doing mm, the right, if not doing the right thing, then knowing that your actions have consequences. That's like a very like present like when I post something online. Like when you post right. something online. That's not true. That's not true. And yeah. you see how it unfolds. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is kind of the card that's like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. Like that's usually, that's that that's very much justice, like coming around and understanding how it fits into things. Um, in the unconscious position, judgment, it actually shows, they're like kind of in sync, which I actually like seeing. I usually like it when... Um, someone's conscious and unconscious are like 
in line. Judgment goes deeper. It's not just about actions of consequences. Judgment is also about making tough choices. Justice is an accounting. Justice accounts for everything that's happened thus far before you move forward. Judgment is moving forward. So although you're like aware that, you know, everything has to be taken into account before I make this choice, judgment implies that deep down you've already made the choice and all you have to do is start walking it, which is kind of wild. Well, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Um, so it's very much, a and it's, it's positive. It's like, yes, it's very difficult to whatever it is, cut the wheat from the chaff or like, um, let go of things that you've held onto for a while, but ultimately it is the card of really hearing whatever your call is that you know really deep down what to do. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. It's almost like all you have to, the path is before you, all you have to do is start walking it, which you know, that's something that it's, it's maybe not maybe scarier, but just seems more, it's just more intuitive to admit, like, I kind of already know what I should or must do, you know, like the yeah. path is already clear to me what I must do. So the next step, reverse devil, shows that the way to step into these next phases of your life is to release all forms of bondage. That's the devil. The devil is the ultimate liar. The devil is the is the reason for the three of swords, is the reason for the pain, for betrayal, for all the things that cause like mental harm and telling yourself stories that aren't true, which is I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. I will never get my needs met. All the things that kind of seep into our minds over time mm -hmm. just and it seems as though they're well, the, he's a scary figure, right? He's like probably the scariest card in the deck. It's like a dad bod dude. Um, <laughs> and he's presiding over these two figures that have chains around their yeah. necks. Um, but the thing I always point out with this card is the chains are very loose around their necks. So he, they would just have to slip them off. if They they just need to reach up and slip them off and right. they, they'd walk free. Um, so the time has sort of come to understand that that's all you really have to do is help it definitely you. seems like there is some like you know sorry to interrupt you no no that they're they're taking like a little bit of like comfort in being uh -huh. yeah chained to the devil 100 percent. in this picture that's what it looks yes like. definitely there is comfort in oh my god i always feel hell is always there for you like that's why people love hell it never goes anywhere like it is there for you <laughs> and then it's like kind of fucked right. up but like but that's say, why like, people stay like as a Jew <laughs> as someone who grew up Jewish and I, I also grew up Jewish didn't you find it like a little uh didn't you did you ever feel a little untethered that you didn't have these like very clear-cut heaven and hell um things to count on um I mean, my family was hell. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew what he hell was on earth. Uh, I don't know that I thought about it that much. I, don't, I didn't think about it that much. I had a sort of, I feel like I had a different approach with Judaism because my parents were divorced and my dad was Orthodox. Like I was raised Orthodox within his house, but my mom in a separate house was Catholic. So there was like huge whiplash going back and forth right, between like 
same background. Oh, yeah, that's right. My dad's not Orthodox, but. Right. Um, but at my mom's house, I was like, eh, do whatever you want. But at my dad's house, it was like, keep kosher. Like, you need to get dressed up for Shabbat. We're not using electronics. So it was like, I, I couldn't totally buy. I wouldn't like buy in fully to the like Judaic stories, basically, because I was just like, why is it? I only have to care about this half the week, so I'm just going to tune everything out. You're like, lobster's cool the other three <laughs> literally, days. Like, literally, like, I, <laughs> I didn't care. So I think also the concepts, I never thought too much about hell or even heaven. I don't think I believed in heaven and hell. Um, I, I remember wishing I had been indoctrinated. Really? Yeah, I remember being a kid, and probably it stems from, again, that terrifying conversation about death, but mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, why hadn't I been born to, like, a family where we're, like, like snake-handling crazy Christians where, wow. like, like, where I was, like, sure of, of where wow. I was going. You wanted Santa. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get over that. Anyway, wow. sorry, to go back no, to, to... Well, I just think that's crazy that I just... It never even crossed... That's such an intense thing to think about at such a young age. I don't know that that really ever crossed my mind. Of what, I, I just think I wanted to get out of my family situation so much that I, it never even occurred to me that anywhere else I would go would be worse. <laughs> <laughs> like Fair I, enough. Like I never like – I only believed heaven was, waited for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you were interesting. the Charlotte Hornets of families. Yeah. But no Michael Jordan. Right. Was there? No, there wasn't. Um, anyway, that's your task is to, on some level, it's kind of weird because you say like, oh, I wish hell had existed. But at the same time, it seems like, you know, it did. Like, that's what it would say is like, you did go through some kind of hell or fear your children will, will, or that the wrong step you make career wise is going to send you to some kind of hell. Yeah. So you've got to release that. You kind of have to believe what you already believe that there is no hell. That has to not just be in your mind. It has to be viscerally known. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at your core. Yeah. I definitely, I feel like <clears throat> it's a really interesting, again, card to look at. What What is the significance of it being upside down mean? Release. Whenever <coughs> the cards are released, it's like get letting go of all that it stands for, essentially. Right. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I Definitely think like that. It, I I remember like a moment. Uh, I I you know you work in entertainment as well, and like there's a a sense of like getting kind of caught up in 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 the successes of all the people around you, mm-hmm. and feeling like you're not good enough. Oh right, that's like, Hollywood. I forgot that Devil's also Hollywood. You know, yeah, <laughs> feeling yeah. that you're not good enough because other people are doing so well. And I uh, remember one time my wife who like doesn't work in the business at all and doesn't like care about it really at all and she just looks at me and she goes just because they like other people doesn't mean they don't like you (laughs) uh and I was like oh that's right (laughs) that's right (laughs) but it's a hard thing to like shed because you're yeah you know you're just you're there and it's it's competitive and it's it's uh so much of my self and I feel like this with this card it's so much of my self-worth like the how I value how I think about myself is tied to um, how people receive the work that I do, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's really hard to be like fine with 
people being like shitting on something that I've done. Right. Um, because on some level that they're just shitting on me. Right. Because it's an extension of, of me, you know, even though I might make it with a team of people, it's just like there's a part of me there. Yeah. Um, and so when I look at that devil card and the two people chained up to it, it's like there is what I notice is the security of the two people that are chained up to him because it's like there is that security in knowing that, you know, if I shit on myself first, then I'm then that's fine. Nobody else can get to me because right. I already did it. Yeah. You know, it's like you're not going to be better than me right. at it. Classic <laughs> so. bully defense, defense, right. defecting, defending yourself from the bully mentality. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, which it looks like you will. It doesn't even seem like I have to tell you. It's just going to naturally happen. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I like the ones where I don't have to do anything. You don't. Uh, well, I mean, you do a little. This represents you. This is a Ten of Pentacles. Makes sense to me. The busy card. The dogs. The family. Here's your dad sitting down. Old man sitting down. Little kids, pentacles at the forefront. They're in a marketplace. It's like very busy, very like. It's my Saturday. It's your Saturday. Yeah. It literally is. It's, this is like every weekend <laughs> yeah. for me. There's 10 pentacles. That, yeah. And I. Yeah. Yeah. Driving a kid to basketball games. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's that's you. You, mm. you got it. I don't really need to go further into that. Um, This represents your environment. Ten of wands reversed. Interesting. So when this is upright, it shows this guy who's like <coughs> bent over hanging on to all these wands and wands represents creative force. So usually when this comes up, it's about people who've taken on too many creative projects, mm -hmm. even though they were originally enthusiastic about it, but now it's like gotten totally out of control and they need to ask for help. So when it's reversed, usually it's losing control of all of this, all the wands kind of tumbling out of your, out of your hands or someone who's trying to like delegate so that they don't all fall well, out of their hands. That's interesting. This is your environment. Yeah, so it's interesting because this is the first year uh, in my career where I have, and my partner and I have decided to like not be hands on with everything, mm -hmm. to like uh, supervise some other people, like supervise them mm -hmm. writing scripts and and uh, pitching shows and things mm -hmm. like that. And it's definitely uh, it's very like freeing, but I still feel like this guy where I'm trying to like at some <laughs> on some level like just. Make sure that all the staffs don't fall everywhere. Yeah. Because it would feel unfair to, you know, all the other people that yeah. we're working with. Like, um, that may not be a wrong impulse. Like, from when I see that, it sort of is like there may still be some level of competency that you have that people are still trying to navigate or something like that. Mm. Know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting that that's about creativity, though. And I'm trying to think, I guess I would say that, like, Maybe in the future, as you're making choices about your creative projects, that you may notice that there are choices where one looks a little more chaotic than the other or something like that. That's what this, that's yeah. what speaks to me a little bit. Like there may be one where it's like things are really more out of control than. There's definitely one like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, it's I, a comment. I don't see any, I, I don't see any guidance from it. It's just a comment. It's like one of these is more chaotic. Mm -hmm. And that's all. That's it. That's all, that's what it's saying. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Um, Queen of Wands is in your hopes and fears. Uh, 
she's great. She's the idealist of wands. So she has, she thinks and feels with creative force that's really like vibrant and clear and strong. She's very attractive. She's the ultimate director. She's vivacious. She's very um, able to kind of like dispel any dark clouds very easily, very sunny. People are just drawn to, she's very magnetic um, and able to kind of get over anything. And sometimes she even feels a little bit like she's actually a little confused by darker sides of human nature sometimes. She's a little bit like... Is that what the black cat is? <laughs> I don't know. what I've often been asked, I need to look up what that cat's deal is. I think it's to protect her. Mm. Um, but I wonder if all the dark energy goes into the little black cat. She seems like a very confident figure. She's incredibly confident. She's the, by far the most confident queen so there's a hope and a fear there of needing to embody her, basically, thinking and feeling like she might. So there's this desire to be inspired by her, but also like a fear of maybe seeming, again, like we were just talking about, like, it makes, she's she's a little vulnerable because she's like puts herself way out there. She's She is confident. She's very confident. She believes in her skills. She has very high self-esteem, but it never comes across as like arrogant. She's just like, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. It's interesting that they're back to back. These two. It is very interesting. That's what I was thinking. <clears throat> um, that what would it mean if you embodied her for whatever this chaotic project is? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You probably need her to delegate for these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there's a fear of. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You have to have like you would. I think when you when you partner with somebody on a project who's helping you with it, like. The hope, I think, is that they're like this confident, steady hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's definitely what I would like to be for the people that yeah. I'm working with. It looks like they need you to do that. But it's interesting because she's inward. She's not outward. So she, it's not like you have to necessarily like act or be this architect of this project. They more need you to be the ideal. They need to be inspired by you. Do right. you know what I mean? It's kind of weird. It's more inward than right. outward. It's kind of weird. Overall outcome, six of pentacles. Interesting. It's an interesting comment. Uh, it says, usually when that card comes up, so this is like the comment on the whole spread. The um, last card is? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Pentacles represents material force. So it's the real world. It's your health. It's money. It's your job. It's everything. And a lot of times the cliche <coughs> with this card is that money comes and goes. It's like the swing, the pendulum of material force coming in and out. But it also shows, it, it's also about, you know, it shows this guy who's holding here, look, the same thing, the justice, same justice Scale. scales. He's doling out alms to these people who are like on the ground. But because he's holding the, the scales, he's saying like, I'm giving as much as I can give, not what they need. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's a little bit of a card that talks about give and take. So it's a lot about knowing how much, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, literally throughout the podcast of like knowing how much your kids can handle in terms of what you're giving them mm -hmm. and how much you can give and also how much you're willing to receive. So it's asking when this card comes up a lot of times, I feel like it's asking like, who's really in control? Like what's, what's the power dynamic between whoever it is that I'm working with and talking to? It's funny. Cause I, <clears throat> I do think a lot about like, there is a inclination I think as a parent to just like, beat yourself up for um, not wanting to spend time with your kids sometimes <laughs> or like not wanting to pay attention to them uh -huh. or wanting to like zone out and stare at your phone. Um, 
<laughs> and and I feel like uh, I'm constantly like wrestling with this like, all right, like I definitely don't want my kid to be like, why are you looking at your phone and not playing with me? Right. But I do need to at sometimes tell them like, look, I need like five minutes. Do you where... have any idea how annoying you are? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you feel like you're just like, fuck, like just go get your own water. Like this, you know. Which they should. No? Right, exactly. They're not maybe quite not the three-year-old. Older. Yeah, three-year-old that is just mean. God, I'm going to clean up water in, at some point. <laughs> but uh, that 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 is something I struggle with. Is like how much is okay to to say? Like when can I say I'm not? I'm done. Right. I've given as much as I can give right now, and yeah. I need to have my own um, time away from you. Yeah. <laughs> and not feel like a bad parent. Or yeah. Like, you know, it seems like that's going to continue experimenting with that continuation of given the flow of that is going to somehow contribute to getting out, getting out of um, the more mental swords in your brain of like, I'm a bad parent. I'm about just as you're like mm-hmm. going back and forth, riding the waves of kind of slower, like the material force type stuff. Seasons changing, blah, blah, blah is um going to help with feeling like not even though everything matters you are aware that actions have consequences like you can't always account for every little thing you just don't know like you just don't know at the end of the day what action you do is going to have this ripple effect you don't know you have no control over it So you might think you've been a good parent and done this thing and you may not know. Maybe that action is not is going to lead to something terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Like you literally have no control. So all you can do you of course you have to keep showing up and doing things. But you you don't know. And that is actually hopefully going to be more freeing. You know, what I mean? well, it's kind of like, you know, he's handing what are these called? It's money. Alms, I guess. Yeah. He's handing it to these these two people. And he has no idea what they're going to do with it. Yes. And I think that yeah. that's yes. kind of my kids, like raising my kids. It's like yeah. <clears throat> I'm giving them a part of myself in hopes that they are going to do the right thing with whatever I'm telling them. But I don't know how they're going to take that. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like I've had times where I've like sat my kid down and like talked to them about like some behavior that they exhibited that I didn't want them to exhibit or I'm just like oh this is a teaching moment like they didn't do anything wrong but like we're out you know we're out in the you know the world and something happened and I can teach them something and then seeing them like take that and like turn it into like the most like wrong way you could possibly (laughs) take that you know like I I remember telling my kid when he was little like you know you you want to like you know you don't want to hit people like you want to touch people kindly and then, but he—that was not the right way to phrase that, because then he was just going around, kinder, uh, preschool, just touching kids, <laughs> like, but doing it nicely. <laughs> and I was like, that actually is worse than the hitting, I think, <laughs> like in a lot of ways. That's like the worst lesson that I want you to learn. So it's just like, I get that. It's like you're trying to give them as much as you can give and feel good about, mm-hmm. but you still, at the end of the day, have no idea how they're gonna go use yeah. that. Yes. I think that's the biggest release you can have is like, I will never be the ultimate cause of something terrible happening to my child. Do you know what I mean? Like that just doesn't even make sense. Like there's no one alive that 
can it's just doesn't make sense. Like there's no one alive that can be like the reason my life is a disaster from beginning to end was because of my father. Like a lot of people do kind of feel that way, but it's there's always a, like two percent of like, well, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. There are so like, many factors. That, you know, it's just it. That's it's much more about showing up in a more real world way than worrying about some over as if you have any control that's that's basically it yeah you only have control over what you yeah. can give yeah. in those moments yeah. you know like you have no other you have no yeah you have nothing else and i think about it a lot just with my kids cuz they're growing up in a much different way than i grew mm -hmm. up um i'm very different than my own father um and i think about like the journey i took to get where i am and be happy with it and for them it's like i always think about like oh if i could save them that journey mm. but it's like they're <laughs> gonna this is it's, it's it's foolish it's like they can they're gonna go on whatever journey they're gonna go yeah, on yeah. and they're gonna end up there and they're gonna end up wherever they're hopefully where yeah. they're happy with it you know mm -hmm. um but uh yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it's like you can only control what you can give, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And someday they too will be famous because of <laughs> you. I don't think that's going to work out for them that well, <laughs> but someday they might have a trust fund. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I hope that was helpful. It was. In some ways. It, it is. It's like uh, I've never done it before. Okay. Um, and it felt like a a uh, like being able to like think about different parts of my life and how they're uh, like interacting with one another. Yeah. I'd never that that I thought was the most interesting thing about it was like, oh yeah, these like these all kind of like coexist together. And yeah. what it, all these different parts of my life, it's like you know they intersect. Yes, <clears throat> it's like a big mirror basically of all these disparate parts. That actually is a, a trust fund, I'm now realizing. <laughs> I was so worried. Can I just say this is like my one fear before I came in here? Because I have like uh, I have like issues with my heart. Um, <gasps> but uh, yeah, I know. And then you pulled the thing with the three. I just went to my heart doctor yesterday. Uh, and you pulled the thing with the three swords through the heart. And I was like, when, when, I was like really worried you were going to pull some weird heart card, which you did. <laughs> And then the death card. Oh, that's very funny. I was like, if you pull those well, two funny. things, I'm going to no, like flip the fuck out because I, <laughs> I'm already like worried, worried about that stuff. God. Well, that's so interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is not, this really doesn't indicate the body in any way, but it is interesting that you'd be worried about your heart. And that's literally like the sword, which means worries about your heart. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you'll be fine. All right, good. I mean, actually, no, I'm not allowed to comment on health. I just realized it's like extremely unethical of me. Never mind. I cast that aside. All right. We have no uh, idea what will happen. We have no today. idea what will happen. Yeah. Um, where can people find you if they want to find you? They can find and me. See your viral fucking tweet. Posting fake things on the internet. Uh, Justin underscore Halpern. Um, and that's all I have. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have okay. uh, Facebook. I don't have anything but are you I part of any chats you want to promote at all the basketball chat that great. you and i are on i'd like to promote the los angeles clippers and <laughs> the great season that i think they're gonna have oh uh, make your prediction now of how many games just go for it i think the clippers are gonna go 
55 and 27. Okay, lower than maybe I would think. Well, only because I think they're going to sit a lot of people. Okay. A lot of times. Sure. All right. And I think there'll be some sort of injuries that like pop up. Um, but I tell you, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to go Nuggets, Blazers, Clippers as the first three seeds in the uh, West. Okay. Where are Lakers going to fall? Five seed. I think the Lakers are going to fall five seed because I don't think they're going to be healthy for the whole year. Okay. Great predictions. We'll look at this in how how many months? Seven months? Nine months? Yeah, like nine Something months. Something like that. Nine months. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. 